Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey there, faithful listeners. Happy Wednesday and hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the Bible Explained podcast. For those of you who don't know, today I'm going to be in the Old Testament. I'm going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 14, finishing this up. And yeah, we haven't been in the Old Testament for quite some time since last Wednesday, actually, because obviously I was sick for the past (laughs) couple days. And it turned out that I only missed my Old Testament episodes, but not the New Testament. So the New Testament is on schedule And then I had to reschedule all my Old Testament episodes because I schedule everything out ahead of time, like uh, close to a month ahead of of time. And yeah, I was really irritated because like (laughs) it it like messed up all of my my weekdays because my normal Tuesday and Thursday episodes were good. And then I had to reschedule all my like Monday, Wednesday and uh, Friday episodes. Yeah, because those are the days that I do the Old Testament. But anyway, today I'm going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. And today I am drinking tea, actually. I am not drinking my normal cup of coffee. And fun fact, I have not been drinking coffee since before I was sick. Tea has been my beverage of choice. This is extremely new for me. I'm not even lying. I almost always prefer a cup of coffee over a cup of tea. And it has not been so recently because the tea has just been making me feel better. It it soothes my throat, whereas coffee honestly does not make me feel better. <laughs> I always want to think coffee makes me feel better. It never actually makes me feel much better. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It never really did. And so I've been choosing tea over coffee for about two weeks now. I made myself a cup of coffee actually the other day and I got nauseated after I drank it. And part of me just felt very sad inside. So yeah, I'm drinking tea today. Tell me what your beverage of choice is either in the comments section of where you're listening from or you can email me. You'll find my information, my contact information in the bio of the podcast episode. But let's go ahead and uh, grab our cups of coffee or our cups of tea and let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 14 today verses 22 through 29. As I always do, I will be reading out of the World English Bible or the W.E.B. version. Feel free to grab the version you prefer, though. Let's go ahead and read this. You shall surely tithe all the increase of your seed, that which comes out of your field year by year. You shall eat before Yahweh your God in the place which he chooses to cause his name to dwell, the tithe of your grain, of your new wine, and of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock, that you may learn to fear Yahweh your God always. If the way is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry it, because the place which Yahweh your God shall choose to set his name there is too far from you. When Yahweh your God blesses you, then you shall turn it into money. Bind up the money in your hand, and you shall go to the place which Yahweh your God shall choose. You shall trade the money for whatever your soul desires, for cattle, for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatever else your soul asks of you. You shall eat there before Yahweh your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no portion nor inheritance with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring all the tithe of your increase in the same year, and you shall store it within your gates. The Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, as well as the foreigner living among you, the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates shall come, 
and shall eat and be satisfied, that Yahweh your God may bless you in all the works of your hand which you do. So all of this is talking about tithing. And there's actually a verse that says that God loves the cheerful giver. And this is very clear that God is expecting a cheerful kind of giving here when he's talking about this. I mean, what's he say here? You shall rejoice before Yahweh your God in verse 26. So I mean, rejoicing, I, I would guess that means cheerfulness, right? <laughs> so God is expecting his people to tithe with a cheerful heart. And you know, tithing is not exactly stated directly in the New Testament. It's not actually said or commanded that we should tithe per se, but it's very much encouraged in the New Testament. We can see, you know, stories of the early church giving and how God blessed that. There's also stories about Jesus reprimanding the Pharisees because the Pharisees were not giving with a cheerful heart. They were in fact, uh, just doing it for show. So, I mean, we see that it is encouraged for sure, uh, giving in the New Testament, though it's not directly stated. But because the entire Bible really shows God's character, we can see with passages from the Old Testament that God truly cares about giving. And he does, in fact, want his people to give. In fact, there's a verse in Malachi. It's Malachi chapter 3, I think verse uh, 10. It actually says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. So yes, I mean, you can see through the entire Bible, which shows God's character, that God truly does love people who give. And it was commanded in the Old Testament. It was commanded for the Israelites to do this. So here in Deuteronomy 14, everything we read just now talks about tithing. And there's not just one specific tithe either. There's a handful of tithes we're going to talk about here, which is kind of cool. And I think a lot of people kind of get turned off by the idea of tithing because, you know, when, when you think of the word tithe, you think of giving the money to the church and then people are like, well, I don't know what the church is going to do with that money. You know, I, I don't necessarily trust the church. But it's not just about that. Like tithing is not just giving money to the church. And we're going to talk about that in a moment here. So in verse 22 of Deuteronomy chapter 14, it says, you shall surely tithe all the increase of your seed, that which comes out of the, fear, of the field year, year by year. And so what this means is that it's the increase of the seed. In other words, the profit that was made. So it's not everything that went into, you know, planting these crops, like not all the money that went into that. It's only the profit that was made is what God is saying here. So out of the profit that was made that year, his people were supposed to tithe it. And we already have established earlier in the Bible that a tithe was 10% of the profit that was made. So 10% was supposed to be given to God. And so it says, you shall eat before Yahweh your God in the place which God chooses to cause his name to dwell. The tithe of your grain, of your new wine, of your oil, and of the firstborn of your herd and of your flock, that you may learn to fear Yahweh your God always. One of the reasons why God commanded tithing was so that his people would learn to fear him. I think people don't really fear God now. Like if you really think about who God is, he is all-powerful. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He created the entire earth. He created you. He created me. And he could truly just evaporate us if he chose to do so. 
And yet he doesn't do that because he's so merciful. And like, we don't fear that. We don't respect that more so. The, the word fear here is talking more about a respect, a reverence for God. So we don't really have that reverence for God. And we see that in our society nowadays that uh, people just make fun of God. I was actually thinking about doing a another YouTube video soon about some of the ridiculous like memes and posts that I see that are anti-God, basically, like making fun of God. And like responding to some of those posts I see, I was, I was thinking about doing that. And there's so many out there. There, It's just crazy. Like the lack of respect that people have for God is kind of just staggering. But one of the reasons God commands his people to tithe is because it increases our respect for God. It gives us reverence for him. And I'm not exactly sure how that works specifically, but there is something very revering, I guess, in tithing because you truly are giving up 10% of the profit that you made to God in faith. Like it's a it's a faith move when you tithe because you don't truly you don't know where that money is going. But that's part of it. Tithing in a in a sense is a huge form of respect towards God because we're giving back everything that God has given us. And we may not ever know what's going to happen to that 10% that we give away. And that's honestly part of it. We don't need to know. It's a faith process where we do it purely because, uh, purely out of reverence for God, honestly. So it says, God says that the, the people of this time, the Old Testament people, were supposed to give of the oil, of the new wine, of the firstborn, of the herd, and of the flock, that you may learn to fear Yahweh your God always. So it wasn't just money that the people had to give. It was more of the profit of their grain and of their flocks and their oil and whatever else, the wine, everything that they made throughout the year. However, everything that they made throughout the year was going to be very heavy to carry. (laughs) I mean, imagine like hauling all that stuff like miles and miles and miles, especially if you made a lot, because it even says, when Yahweh your God blesses you, because God did say he was going to bless his people when they went into the promised land, especially if they continue to do the things that God commanded them to do. So, I mean, imagine hauling like all that stuff. That would be really, really uncomfortable, I would guess. And God even makes an exception for that. Here's what he says. If the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry it, because the place which Yahweh your God shall choose to set his name there, is too far away from you. When Yahweh your God blesses you. (laughs) So in other words, these people are going to have so much, but they're going to have so much that it's going to be difficult to carry it if it's too far away. You shall turn it into money, bind up the money in your hand, and you shall go to the place which Yahweh your God shall choose. It's interesting that God says to bind the money up in your hand. In other words, don't make it easily accessible. Because you're going to be tempted to spend it on stuff that you want. Binding up money in your hand. You remember that the money's there. You remember you have to go and tithe it. But you would have to like physically unbind your hand in order to get it out of, you know, off your hand in order to be able to spend it. So that's why God suggests that. Bind it up in your hand. So nowadays, what I think this is translating to is when you say you're going to tithe, just do it. Don't, you know, put that money away and say like, oh, I'll tithe it later. No, no. Like in a, in a, in the same way, we're supposed to like hurry to do it. 
and we're supposed to bind it up in our hands. We're not supposed to be quick to spend it. <laughs> That's very difficult to do. I'm going to be honest. It is. So that money goes to God, especially if it's been designated to go to God. And that's very important. And I mean, I can talk about a story in the New Testament, actually, where two people, a husband and a wife, designated money to God and then didn't give him the full amount. And they had some uh, bad things happen to them. They did. And I mean, so God is very, when we make a vow to him, no matter what it is, whether it's tithing or something else, we better be pretty quick to do that and to take care of it. So God says, make the journey and go to the place that God designates for you to go, wherever that was, wherever the temple was supposed to be. And then you shall trade that money that you received for whatever your soul desires. And this is part of the tithe. Now, of course, some of this tithe would be given, I believe, to the temple also. I'm sorry that I didn't go back and, and look this up, but it wasn't just for the people to like eat and drink a lot of it would be given to the temple because the priests who had no inheritance would live off of what uh, the people would give to the temple. That was part of their inheritance. So some of that money would have to be designated to the temple, I believe. But the rest of it was supposed to be used to buy food and drink. And God even says wine or strong drink here. Whatever your soul asks of you is what it says. And rejoice there. Eat this delicious meal with this, you know, this tithe that you're bringing, eat this delicious meal and rejoice before Yahweh or God. Now, eating is synonymous with rejoicing and fellowship. And it is often interesting how when we see people in a way fellowshipping with God, it often almost always in the Old Testament includes eating and drinking. So yeah, in a way, these people are fellowshipping with God. They're rejoicing in God through this delicious food and drink. And it also says that the Levite, the ones who weren't priests, because the Levites, not all of them could be priests, they didn't have any inheritance at all. They were part of the priest clan, though not all of them were priests, like I said. So the Levites were taken care of by everybody. And the Levites were supposed to be given part of this uh, tithe as well. And so God says, don't forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no portion nor inheritance with you. So God reminds the people of that. Now, in verse 28 and 29, this is what's most interesting to me. It says at the end of every th three years, there's a special tithe. So it's, it's the same tithe, but this one includes more people. So it's not just including the temple and the Levite, but part of that tithe would also be given to orphans would also be given to foreigners and would also be given to widows. So in other words, the people who were most in need, the poor people, the marginalized, I suppose, even though that word is so overused nowadays, <laughs> truly the marginalized, like the widows and the orphans, the fatherless, actually, who lived in the cities would be given part of that tithe every three years. So this is why I said at the beginning of this episode that tithe is not just money that we give to the church, but it's a lot of different things. It's money that we give to organizations that help people like Samaritan's Purse. Or if you guys did the shoe boxes for Christmas, that's in a sense a tithe. It's money that you are giving to ministers to help them help other people. 
That is your tithe, not to mention any kind of resources or money or time that you give to organizations that help other people like uh, veterans or homeless people or widows or anybody else. This is all part of tithe. And I think that God, if you are doing this with a charitable heart, with a cheerful heart, and you want to do these things, these are all considered tithes, I think, personally, because God truly does love the cheerful giver. And even though it is important to give to our local churches, it certainly is, and that is commanded in scripture, it's also very biblical to give to those who are in need. And it's also biblical to give to ministers and pastors and organizations who are spreading God's word. All these things are very important because here's what it says. The Levites, who were the ministers of the time period, were to be given part of that tithe. The people who were poor, the orphans, the fatherless, the foreigners that were living among the people, the widows, these people were also supposed to receive part of that um, that tithe also. And not to mention the temple, the church itself, in a sense. The Old Testament church, I guess, <laughs> was supposed to receive part of that tithe as well. So tithe doesn't just look like one thing. It can take several different avenues, I suppose. But we... I believe as Christians, we should be tithing. We should be giving of our resources to help other people because that is biblical. And God does command it because he does, in fact, love a cheerful giver. So, yeah, we talked about tithing today. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. And also, if you like the podcast, please rate it five stars and review it on whatever platform you're listening on. I am very thankful to everybody who reviews the podcast. I see you guys' reviews. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that because that is one way that you can help the Bible Explained podcast grow is by writing a review, as crazy as that sounds. That is an excellent way to spread the podcast, I suppose. But I do want to give a little announcement, and this is all thanks to you guys. The Bible Explained podcast is now in the top 30, I believe, of all philosophy podcasts in America, which is really exciting. <laughs> at least it's exciting for me. I'm like, wow, wow, look at that. I'm, I'm a philosophy podcast. Which is funny because I wouldn't necessarily have uh, categorized myself as a philosophy podcast. I would have categorized myself more as a Christian or a religious podcast. But philosophy is cool too. That's exciting. I'll take it. So thank you guys so much for helping the Bible Explained podcast become uh, the top 30 philosophy podcasts in America. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of John. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>